And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. And another episode. We're here with Flashback Fridays. That was the clunkiest. <sighs> Tripping all over my tongue on that. Try that again. Welcome to Flashback Fridays. That's better. I'm Rob. I am Mike. And that's oh man. <laughs> I think I'm the drunk one today. Yeah. Wow. And I don't drink. Do no. Yeah, I got nothing for that then. Oh. Drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. I'm a raging drug person. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. I don't know if I should be recording this. <laughs> well, it's all speculation at this point in time. Pete. Yeah, that's true, too. Prove it. Yeah. Can't okay. Pee in this cup. Pop him over there. <laughs> I could. No. No. Oh, okay. Let's Not just cool, man. Into the show. <laughs> Our first one is... Sheesh. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to focus. Oh, yeah. Good job. Uh, first one is from the Old Vault, where it's an old show. Don't get us started. Okay. Number 13, old in a hip age. Mm-hmm. From uh, November of 2013, this week, Sadie and Lacey discuss why Sadie refuses to upgrade her mobile technology and just purchase a smartphone, among other things. Well, you see, an analog phone is all fine and dandy. I remember... People used to still have, you know, those old suitcase phones that they used to carry way back in the long ago? Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> I like that, huh? There was a guy who actually figured out how to tap into the satellites, and he was using the satellites for free with this analog phone. <laughs> oh, nice. And it was it was a gigantic, one of the suitcase power pack ones kind of thing. It was an analog phone. Analog cellular phone. <laughs> And he had figured out how to do it. And then finally, the, the phone companies went, screw this guy. <laughs> yep. And they shut him down. Mm. But it it was capable at a certain point in time. That's awesome. Yeah. So technological leap forward. See, on this radio station I listen to up here, they have the John Tess show. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're the, one, the only one you can get at work. Exactly. <laughs> So I'm forced to, you know, listen to it in the lunchroom. But he actually had a segment where retro phones are coming back. You know, the old flip phones and things like that. People are paying upwards of $2,000 for these phones. What? Because of the status they have. Like, they're showing I don't have to be included in the modern age. My mother would have made a mint. Like, she still had a 1922 flip phone, okay? Like, ancient. (laughs) But apparently they're huge. Well, I remember when cell phones first... Started coming out and said they started, they were gigantic suitcase type things. Then they got so small, mm-hmm. you could barely see them. Now we're getting up into like the uh, the Galaxy S5 notebook kind of thing, and you just look like, like holy That's, cow. My friend Andre listens to the, the movie Matos. He came into work and he's got this big gargantuan pad that he shoves against his face. It's like, wait a minute, cell phones are supposed to be small. What the hell is that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, episode. Oh, dude. <laughs> We're just ranting and raving here. Oh, we are. Okay. Uh, don't get us started. Number 13. Yay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Welcome to Don't, don't Get, get us, us Started. 
How's everybody today? How's good. everybody today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm loving this cooler weather that we're having yeah, right before too. the. Me too. I'm. I'm definitely. We're definitely out of summer. Yes. Pissed and moaned about that. Now, now we're going to start pissing and moaning because it's too cold, probably. Mm. But it is nice to not have, anytime soon. <laughs> nice to have a little rain. Nice to have a little wind blowing clouds yes. and rain in and out and all of that good stuff. And fortunately, we don't have ugly snow and stuff like that going on. No, like some people do. Your mother's got my snow. mom got snow yesterday. She's in, she's in Nevada. Nevada. So. Northern Nevada. I when you say. usually think of Nevada, you think of Las Vegas. You yeah. don't think of getting snow. Although it does snow there. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, she got some snow. I'm sure she, she's just thrilled to death. Oh, that. she was just getting excited because <laughs> it was over with. I don't remember. I grew up in, uh, Spokane. Well, actually in Washington state uh-huh. most of my life from the time I was about five. And I don't remember ever having to go trick-or-treating in the snow. No. I don't. When we lived at my mom's house. I just don't remember doing it. A few years back, there was quite a bit of snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, trick-or-treats are over now. I keep forgetting this. This broadcast actually is taking place before Halloween, but you guys are listening to to it it after. So I hope you had a good Halloween. Hope you're safe and and uh, candy filled or whatever you hope candy for. happy yeah out of uh halloween i bet I, the teachers are loving the kids going back to school with all the little sugar sugar highs. rushes <laughs> <laughs> yeah kids are on a sugar rush most of the time anyway i think yeah, these days just there's double dosed so many uh things that they get sugar out of uh-huh. that uh i don't know whether halloween made that much difference or not <laughs> to tell you the truth just popped them up a notch but, yeah yeah we don't get sugar rushes at our house. Ernie's diabetic, so we don't, well, we're not supposed to do sugar. I told you, we got some of those new Snickers yeah. bars with peanut butter in them, and those were really good. So I, I had to have had some. I haven't had them yet. I don't, you know, it's funny. They always think that heavy people are the ones that have the diabetes and all the other health issues. I'm, I don't. I'm. Um, I'm a big girl and I thank God do not have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or any of those other fat related, uh, Me disorders. Neither. My husband, on the other hand, who is not a heavy boy, no. has all of those. He's got type 2 diabetes. He's got, which he got from his family. He mm-hmm. inherited that. And thanks, mom. He's, yeah, no, dad, actually. Dad. He's got high cholesterol issues both he and his brother oh and my he's got um uh, what the other oh hypertension yeah uh, I, I i guess you could thank me for that i probably drove him to uh-huh. a hypertensive state i don't know actually but he not. cheats now and then and has a sweet now and then <laughs> yeah he tested his blood sugar this morning and on the little thingy you know, uh-huh. and he goes it was 136 must have been the crackers i ate last night with the soup <laughs> and i go cracker how many crackers did you eat last night was quite a lot i said and how many trick-or-treat candy bars did you eat? <laughs> wow <One>. yeah. <laughs> but um i don't know he's about to start on a new med not because of the efficacy of the old one or the lack of but because of the price the the stuff he's on right now is uh-huh. called prandon 
And we have to get it out of Canada because it's so freaking expensive oh, wow. here. It's like 130 bucks for a 90-day supply. Ouch. It's outrageous. Um, so we emailed the doc and said, look, what else have you got? Right. So I came up with this other thing. And it's going to be sort of a pain in the butt because he's going to have to blood test uh, for like a week every morning uh, before he eats and that while he's on the new med mm-hmm. and then to make sure that it, his, that it's properly maintaining his blood sugar level. And then if it's not, he's supposed to go up or down and quantity and. Okay. So like they're just going to get his medicine adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. And then once, once it's adjusted then, and hopefully it'll be a lot less expensive. I don't know, but you know, I mean, it's not outrageous, but that's a lot. Dang, I mean, when we get it from Canada for like almost half of that, right? you know, even including the shipping and handling. Yeah. And it's the same stuff. I mean, it's like in the manufacturer's bottle okay. and everything. So anyhow, so, um, so we're having candy bar issues at our house. <laughs> we're, we're trying. Not- <laughs> and he wants more candy. Yeah. He wants me to get more candy. Well, again, this program is going to be yeah. uh, aired after Halloween, but. Yeah, he wants me to get some more candy for Halloween. So I'm like, yeah, like well, last year we had, I don't know, five, maybe six trick-or-treaters. Right. We don't get a lot of trick-or-treaters at our house. We I don't, don't know what to expect this year. Now we have a new family moved in across the street and they have, um, I've seen a couple of three little kids over there, but I don't know if they all live there or if their friends are right. visiting or relatives or what. But at least one kid lives over there. Well, I know a lot of parents aren't taking their kids because of, um, there's the thing at the mall, then there's the trunk or treat. Right, right. Trunk or treat's very popular. If, if they have that in wherever you all are from, you listeners, then that's a cool thing. Um, a lot of the churches do. Yes. Uh, safe houses or whatever they call them for Halloween and. Times have changed from when I was a festivals. kid. Oh yeah, a lot. Well, and then, I won't let my kids go trick or treating. Number one, my son's not into it, but if my daughter decides to, we'll go to an organized, organized, organized place. Uh, organized place. Yeah. That when, when, uh, when I was a kid, we were just on our own out in the street. Yeah. It was, it was so cool. was I. It was safe. Um, that was then. It's not that way now, sadly. No. Uh, too sad. It was, it's funny because there's a, one of my favorite old movies. I'm a big fan of old movies. <clears throat> one of my favorite ones is, um, Meet Me in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. there's this one part, Margaret O'Brien, who was a child actress back in the day, way back in the day. Um, and one of my like childhood idols, you know, cause she's like, I don't know, five or six years older than I am. Okay. So as a kid watching her in the movie, she was one of the big kids, you know, right. to me. And so I always wanted to be like her and look like her and talk like her because she was really cute. And, uh, there's this one part in the movie where they're ha- they're having Halloween. Okay. And they go out and, and the kids from the neighborhood, everybody's dressed up and they all go out and the, uh, one lady calls their house and says, when, yeah, I've got the hammock on the porch. Tell the kids when they're through with it to put it back on the porch because they always go and wreck the hammock or something okay. like that. You know, and they, they built a bonfire, believe it or not, out in the middle of the street and take old chairs and junk that they have found laying around in the, in yards and things and put it in the bonfire. Uh, I mean, all kinds of, these days, I mean. They're going to bonfire your house. I could, I could just see the list, you know, of, of offenses legally and, and, you know, outraged parents that, that, uh, 
you know, plus not to mention the fact that the, they could play out in the middle of the street without getting run over. You know, of course they were, it was horse and buggy days, but still, um, you know, it's just so totally radically different from nowadays. Yeah. From, from the way things are now. So unfortunately I kind of, I kind of wish things were a little more that way, like it was back in the day, yeah. because it was a little more relaxed. I mean, yeah, there were bad guys out there and there were people out there doing stuff that was, uh, that you didn't want done to you or to your kids, but at the same time, not so much and yeah. not so much being done by the kids. Kids were just being kids, right. you know, kids were actually kids until they were older teens, you know, these days. Now it's you. I mean, I'm telling you. I watched you. the show, mm. um, when kids murder. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to kick you. When kids murder. Yeah. Um, their own parents. Yeah. 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 I know. It's, it's kind of scary. There's, all these kids taking guns to school and shootings and I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I, I almost don't have anything I can respond to that with because it's, uh, I, I really place a lot of the responsibility for things, for events like that on anyway, the parents, on the parents, because if the guns are not available to the kids, they're not going to take them to school. Right. Bottom line. Right. And if, if, and I have no problem with having guns in the house as far as that's going to, even with children. But it, you I as a parent, it's your responsibility to, be, to well, keep them locked. They need to be put in a place where the kids cannot get at them and the, and they need to be kept unloaded. And, and the children need to be taught know, gun safety. And that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but see, again, when I was a kid, if there was a cabinet that was closed and I was told, this is none of your business. What's in this cabinet? Right. You leave it alone. That was that. Yeah. I didn't go fucking open the cabinet. Yeah. You know, I mean, and we didn't have to lock things. Mm -hmm. It was, I knew that if I touched the cabinet door, your ass was I would lose butt. a hand. Yeah. So yeah, that was us. We weren't allowed into my parents' room. My father had guns. Daddy always kept going. My dad hunted for my father was food avid hunter. for us mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid. That's we supplemented our diet with venison and, yes. and wild duck and a few other animals that dad could bring home right. uh, that we could eat. So we had guns around the house all the time, but we were we were also taught to respect them. Mm -hmm. Dad, somewhere along the line, somebody I don't know whether dad or mother or both of them because mother was a crack shot. My mom. Could yeah. she yeah she actually had had won medals for her so was my nana shooting you know and uh, I mean, I've never shot a gun my father claims that he taught me but he didn't I don't know how to shoot uh, a gun well it's easy you point and shoot but you don't ever point at something you don't want to kill that was one rule you know uh, guns are always loaded even when they're not they're always yes. loaded you just go on that assumption uh, you know there's there's lots of of intelligent. Uh, I don't want to say rules, but uh, it's the only word I can think of right now. Ways to to handle a gun situation safely in a home with children. It just takes uh, knowing that that you have that responsibility well, my and, son's and owning up to it. It was know. just on lockdown a few days ago. Oh, because I know. That's right. There was a gentleman across the street cleaning his gun in the front yard, and some of the students from mm. the school seen him, and the cops were called. Um, my child's school was put on lockdown. Did they ever find out what kind of a gun it was? No, I didn't hear nothing else I about told, it. I told uh, Dave when he 
told me about that. Mm-hmm. I said, was it a rifle? It had to be a rifle. Because yeah, because the kids. The, the yard where the kids play is a couple of hundred feet from the houses, nearest houses there. But you can't there. see. You can't. The way that my, my, my son's school set up, you can't see from the playground. Um, if they're in the front of the school going to the cafeteria, there's a big, large gate. Mm-hmm. And if they look to the death, they might be able to see. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how this child or whoever seen it. Yeah, I was I because was the say, street view even, is blocked. Even then, even then, even an adult, uh, if you look across, just standing in front of the school, if mm-hmm. you look across the street at the houses and some guys out there cleaning his gun, you're gonna it's 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 not gonna be readily noticeable unless he's brandishing the thing right. or if it's a great big gun. Right. You know, like like I said, like a rifle or something right. of that nature. But they came and hauled him away, right? Um I'm not sure if they hauled him away, but I know one of my friends who work at the school mm-hmm. when she came home from well, came back to school from her lunch break, mm-hmm. the officers had their guns drawn on him. Good. Well, I hope he learned his lesson. Yeah, because common sense with all the school shootings is going to say, don't clean my gun invisible, visible well, of the children. Hey, common sense is all too uncommon. Oh, yeah, I'm true. sorry to say. But, um, and B, who knows what his intent was? Um, uh, you know, and C, why go outside to clean yes. your gun? Right. When you have I a backyard mean, and you have a living room, well, you have a kitchen. You have a thousand places to mm-hmm. clean your gun. Outside is not necessarily. In front of a school. If one all. of them. Well, it, it, even, even so, but just think about the fact that you're outside. So if you're, you're really stupid, which this guy apparently mm-hmm. was, if you're really stupid, you have a chance of actually discharging the gun whilst cleaning it. Right. Even though it wasn't loaded. Um, and, and because you're outside, you could shoot your neighbor or something, right. you know, and you know, there, there has to be a lot more to that story than yeah, that's meets all we... the eye, I would think. The and of course that, we didn't read nothing about it in the newspaper. Well, this, this place, mm, the know. newspaper in this town Daily poop. is, is, it's an oxymoron to call it a newspaper. Yes. It is paper. Uh, but that's the, the whole thing right there it's that's all it is yeah i i joke every once in a while i i read a headline in that paper that just incenses me because it's such bad grammar Uh uh-huh incredibly bad bad grammar i'm going to start saving them because there in the last two weeks there were two and i can't remember either one of them right now but there were two really outrageous examples Mm -hmm. of headlines that were wrongly worded grammatically speaking and it was just like oh my god no wonder kids think it doesn't matter whether they learn how to properly speak the language or not when they look at the newspaper and they go well see that's the way they Uh said in the paper it must be okay Uh you know Uh, not so much but anyway yeah it's not likely that you'll ever see anything in the paper about it and i don't I don't know. I, and, and, and it surprises me because supposedly this newspaper, uh, that we're talking about actually wins awards yeah. for, uh, who things. gives them out? The person who owns the company? Uh, no, <laughs> believe it or not. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not that. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, yeah, I have it's the feeling inside. it must be rigged some way uh-huh. or other. And then the other day they had a pink newspaper, which was kind of cute, you know, for breast cancer awareness. But it was like, hello, the last week of the month. Right. 
Why didn't you have a pink newspaper October 1st? Right. Hello? Ding dong. Nobody's home. Mm-hmm. Anyway. No. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have anything to say good about the, this, the guy with the gun. No. At all. No, because uh, I already I, fear. I, I wonder too, I wonder at the fact that he's living across the street from a school. That bothers me. Well, you know, the sex offenders aren't supposed to live within... Oh, I know, and they do. And they do. Yeah, they really do. Here in California, we can look up, it's called Megan's Law. Yes. And you can type in your zip code or your address, and it'll show you on dots... Yeah, where they are. Where they are. And sadly, they're all around schools, and they're not supposed... Legally, they're not supposed to I live next to a school and a park, and they're... Poker dots everywhere around us. I don't know how they get away with that either. I, I, I nobody's so far as I know. There isn't anybody to say hello. What are we doing here? Why are why is this happening? I don't know. I don't know either. I just saw where they're talking about that one major sex offender that's getting out of prison. They're going to send him to um, where was that? Um, Lake Los Angeles, I think, or someplace like that. Oh, that's like not that. too far from us. Yeah, I know. So I don't know. It's it's sort of I was watching something on the news. I guess it was on the news. They were talking about the numbers of people that we incarcerate in this country mm-hmm. on a percentage wise basis compared to other major right. countries. You know, and it's outrageously high. Yeah. By comparison, which isn't necessarily indicative of the the crime level, but uh, certainly the litigation level. Um, and they're doing a lot to, because we've got so many people in prison right now, we can't afford them. So now they're, they're going to dump them back into the mainstream population. Well, that's what happened with our new governor. He just released a lot of people. I would, I would rather not see them go to prison in the first place than to go to prison and then get out because then they have opportunities to learn from other prisoners all the bad stuff they can do when they get out. Right. And so I because some of this stuff is traffic ticket. Come on. Well, I don't know about anybody getting sent to prison for a traffic ticket, but uh, they do get imprisoned for um, different. I'm not, and I don't want to get into it because I'm not well informed, but I do know that sometimes. People get worse sentences for minor, uh, felonies, Mm -hmm. if there is such a thing, compared to major felonies. Right. Uh, and the guys with the major felonies get off lighter. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether that's because of their lawyers or the judges or what. I don't know. I don't either, but it doesn't seem right, but there's not Mm, much I can do about it. So we live in the world we live in. Like that Casey Anthony case in Florida where she killed Kaylee. Uh, she should still be in prison. She shouldn't have walked. She killed that baby. Well, it does seem so. I wasn't there, so I can't say. But um, anyhow, I don't want to really get into that either because we don't know the we don't know all the facts. We know what we read in the newspapers. We know what we read online. We know what we heard in the news. None of which could be necessarily considered all that reliable because you got to remember the main motivation. For newspapers and, and news stories is to sell is to get your attention and they'll do just about anything they can to do that. So that doesn't mean that all the facts are always presented factually. No. Anyhow, uh, this is the day after 
also, this is not going to be timely for when the listeners are listening, but we're going to bring it up anyway, the day after the anniversary of Hurricane, Hurricane Sandy, Sandy, which, as you may or may not know or remember, uh, wiped out a lot of the eastern seaboard. And um, unfortunately, Lacey was reading online and in the newspapers too, I guess, that um, a lot of people are still... Without. Like where the places where the tourists go, it's come up, right. but where people live and it's still not. They're not back. They're not no. being rebuilt and they're no. not getting their insurance. No, the monies. insurance companies are not paying now, out. When, when the, uh, when Katrina happened, uh, supposedly Katrina we learned a lesson. From- supposedly the government learned a lesson because FEMA didn't get there in a timely manner. Uh, Bush didn't get there in a timely manner. Right. And, uh, and so everybody said, well, you know, now we know and we're not going to do that. Now with Sandy, they may have gotten there in a timely manner, but they're not apparently f- doing anything, fixing anything, making anything better. No. Um, and I, again, we're, we're having to rely on reported information, uh, about this, but it does not seem as though, um, No, the tourist places, the lady was saying, have come back up. They're going again. You know, where the housing, where people live individually, and not so much. Insurance companies aren't paying out Well, why are the they money? not being made to? I mean, are they actually disputing? That's what they're fighting with their governor to fight for them. I mean, are, are the insurance companies disputing that, that, that they she are? She didn't say. She just said the insurance company wasn't paying out. Hmm. Well, you know, insurance companies can do that i guess i don't know i you know insurance is a weird thing we have a lot of insurance my husband and i we have insurance on our home we have insurance on our cars uh we have health insurance we don't have insurance on our lives uh we couldn't afford it at our age you know the odds are against us there but uh because we live in california we have earthquake insurance fire insurance I don't think we, I don't know if we have flood insurance or not. In our particular location, it wouldn't, it's not pertinent, but it may come along with the homeowner's policy that we have. We do have an inordinate amount of insurance because we both believe that the best insurance in the world is insurance. Right. You know, on the other hand, um, that's how the insurance companies get rich too, mm-hmm. is off of people like us who, Pay through the nose every month for our insurance and never See, have I a claim. See, I dropped my car down to liability because they wouldn't give me anything for my vehicle anyways. Well, that's that's always a, a, a valid point. I have uh, I have full coverage on our vehicles because uh, I don't know why. Well, actually, I don't know on Ernie's car whether we have full coverage on it or not. But my car is much newer. Right. Course, so. But <clears throat> if if the insurance companies are not going to honor their contract with a, a, a client, right. if you will, who has paid what they asked right. for coverage, and then they have a claim and they're not going to honor it, then that kind of makes you want to know who those insurance companies are so you can not do business Stay with away them. from them. Yeah, because if I knew that well, most of our insurance is, is not through a traditional insurance company. It's through another agency that also does insurance. Okay. Um, 
But if I knew that they were in that... Underhanded. Yeah, if I knew that they were behaving that way with with clients, I'd be tempted to find someone that wasn't Yeah, and because do if you go in the same them. situation as these people, you're going to be hosed just like these guys not getting... Yeah, yeah. ...their contract fulfilled. Well, and... and I I often wonder sometimes, I often wonder sometimes, I often wonder what ins- what good the, the earthquake insurance is. Because if we had an earthquake here mm-hmm. that was big enough to cause enough damage to my home that I needed to have repairs done, I'm not sure the insurance companies are even going to be around. I mean... <clears throat> We'd have to have a strong earthquake very close to home right? before my house would suffer damage. Yes, a few things get broken now and then when, when we get a rattler, but um, for the most part, we don't have in uh, earthquakes of that magnitude in highly populated areas. And if we were to have like a 7 or an 8, Say in the LA basin, right. God forbid, or up here in the high desert in the, we have in San the, Andreas running right here through our freeway. We do, we do. Um, if we were to have a, a, a really high numbered earthquake, uh-huh. seven or an eight, uh, it, it would mess things up a lot. And yeah. I'm not sure the insurance companies would be around. To, you know, yes, they have a, they have offices back east and in the Midwest right. and like that. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much relief we'd actually get from them. So I, I sometimes wonder whether it's money spent, well spent or not to have earthquake insurance. But, um, again, I wouldn't, there's no way I could ever talk Ernie out of it anyhow, right. because he's like, no, we'll have to have the insurance. Okay. So it's just a a cost of living expense. For when us. we had the Big Bear Landers earthquake, did your house suffer any from that? The Landers, Landers Big oh, Bear quake. Oh yeah, no, we got uh, a cra- a tiny, tiny, tiny hairline crack. You can't see it unless you're up on it in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that runs actually it runs, I think it runs north and south. The crack does. And then we got a couple of hairline cracks in, in, in a couple of the bedrooms, uh, in the stucco or no plaster. Okay. Uh, on the inside in the bedrooms. So pretty much just but cosmetic nothing, damage. Nothing. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I knew cause I was at home when that hit. I knew it had happened. A lot of times when we have a shaker here, I, I have to look up the, the, the chandelier, the, the light, the, what do you call them? Ceiling the, fan pullers. The pulls, the, yeah, fan pulls. Because mine are longer than yours, and mine are longer than we, yours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. Well, but yours, yours is so short they wouldn't move. When when mine, because mine hang down another foot below my fan. Than You're yours a lot shorter do. than me. I made mine short because I kept on digging my I head know, into them because you didn't want me to pull on them. But if if uh, if I am not sure if I've had if we've had I a shaker or not, I look and see. And if they're going like this, then I know. Now, my I oil lamp, at, but it doesn't have oil in it. I used oh. to look at that to see if the oil was squishing around. Oh, yeah. That would be another good way. Or our grandfather clock. I used to have a grandfather. I still have, but it doesn't run. Uh, and the... Pendulum. No. The little uh, weights. Because it has weights that you have to pull on a chain and mm-hmm. like that. And then the weights go up and okay. down and stuff. And they they move. 
sometimes if it's a real good shaker yeah. they'll move and so that's the way i know if we and like a lot of times in bed ernie in his sleep he's a he's a foot shaker mm-hmm. you know and i'll be sitting there in, in bed watching tv and i'll go earthquake you know and then i'll look and he's, he's going like this his, his foot, foot you know, <laughs> son of a bitch. i don't know what it is about him and his foot he does it at the David table does it. he does it at the dinner table too David does go, it too. Keep your fucking foot still. You're shaking the whole table. <laughs> he does it. He sits. He's another thing he does is is he sits at the end of the couch and he bops and he the... bangs on the side of the 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 arm of the uh-huh. couch every just every so often. Whack! And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what are you doing? Can't you just watch the television? What do you got to bang on something for? Jiggle something, wiggle something. <laughs> Sit the fuck still. My mother used to do that to me when when we. Because I used to take naps with mom every now and then. Because, yeah. you know, it's the only way she could put up with me all that time. She didn't. Come on, let's take a nap. And I'd lay in bed and fidget and fuss and twiddle her hair and stuff. And she'd go, lay still. Lie still. <laughs> she never said lay still in her life. Lie still. Lie still. I am. No, you're not. You're <laughs> fidgeting. Lie still. You know, and that's kind of the way Ernie is. You know, I'm always, Jesus, <laughs> wiggling. But anyhow, that's how I can tell if we've had a quake. For those of you who do not live where earthquakes are prevalent, that's how you know if you had an earthquake. That and watching it on TV. Because they really not, I know that people who don't live in earthquake country probably think that we sit here in terror, you know, shaking off of our chairs and whatnot. And it's not that way at all. I mean... No, it's not like a tornado. You're not getting the warning it's coming. You're not seeing the cloud form. You're not seeing... We it just hit you. There's ya. nothing. Yeah, it just you're happens. you're like, what the fuck? Just, oh, we just had an earthquake. It just happens. You'll see, you'll be sitting there and all of a sudden you'll go, hmm, wonder what... The, oh, yeah, that's a, yep, that's a shaker, all right, you know. But the it, time it's over, you're just now... And in my processing. house, we, I live on a kind of a rocky area. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if a hundred feet down it was solid bedrock. Okay. Um, and so, uh, my house, you really can't feel them that much. You know, when I feel an earthquake, I get a little worried because it's if I notice it, I know it's a, it's a good size five. quake, and it's either close and a small one, or worse, it's far off and a good one, right. a big strong one. And that's of course what bothers me because my kids live, uh, one set of children lives <clears throat> about oh in California you don't go by miles, you go by how far how long it takes to get there, and they're about an hour and a half away from us the way I drive, an hour the way he drives. Uh, the other one, he lives uh, way farther than that, two and a half hours. Right. So um, if I if if we were to have an earthquake that was that strong, then naturally that's the thing I'd be worried about was, the kids. is it a big one? Is it epicentered <clears throat> near them? Or is it a small one up here? Right. And you, you don't always know. So we naturally, we turn on the news to find out. Yes. And sometimes they don't even talk about it. So I have a, I used to have an app on my computer. Mm-hmm. It was really hilarious because I went to uh, the computer store one day and I said, I've got a terrible problem with my computer and it's driving me nuts. And the guy goes, well, what? Tell me about it. And I, I said, well, I brought it in so I could show you. And I said, this thing, for some reason, 
my computer, just every so often, I, I hear a horn honk. Uh-huh. And he goes, oh, what? And I said, it sounds like somebody honking a horn, a car <laughs> horn. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah. And I said, I don't know. I, I said, I can't figure out what the fuck it is. And I said, it's, it's, it's sort of like intermittent. It's not, it's not, uh, there's no pattern to it right? that I can <laughs> determine, you know. And he said, I know exactly what it is. And I said, how the hell do you know exactly <laughs> what it is? And he took the computer, went in the back and fiddled with it and came back out. And he said, okay, it's all over. And I said, well, what was it? It was my earthquake app because Ernie had put the app on my computer for uh-huh. me because it was really cool because every time there's, and there's, there are minor quakes constantly. Yes. I mean, all over the world constantly. Yes. It's not just in California, but the, the ones that are pertinent to this area show up on this app. Um, and then the bigger ones that are pertinent to wherever they happen mm-hmm. show up also. So, uh, and every time there was any quake that was larger than a 4.0, he had it set to alarm. And the alarm <laughs> was a car horn honk. And I'm like, oh, shit. So it was all his doing. And the guy said, all I did was just turn off the alarm setting. You know, and I well, said. Well, that was like Ernie changing the voice on your TomTom. Oh, yeah. that was, no, <laughs> It's not TomTom. It's a Garmin. But Garmin. yeah. Yeah, he did that. I was driving down the road one day, and and I had the garment on, and all of a sudden, this woman <laughs> named Emily is telling me in her very crisp British accent to take the slip road off to the right to get on the freeway. And I'm going, did she say slip? What the fuck is that? And he had changed from my ordinary uh English, United States English-speaking right. person, who had another name I've forgotten, to Emily, who's from the... British Isles or UK or whatever you want to call it. And Take the slip road. She talks about the slip road and, you know, and all that. <laughs> so funny. I was like, you know, I told him, I said, if, if I'm ever really, if I ever really know, need to know what's going on, you need to put it back to the other yeah. chick. Okay. Cause I don't understand half panic, the stuff like, this woman fuck says. Is a slip road? I know. I know. <laughs> now I know what a slip road. And I, and I said, do you suppose it's because you like slip onto the freeway right. or off the, he's like, I don't know. He, he he thought that was very hilarious because he changed that for me without telling me. Ha, 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 ha. So anyhow, he did that with the the app for the for the earthquake. So the guy fixed it, and he and Ernie was there when this happened. And I'm like I'm looking at him like. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, so now the horn doesn't honk, but in the meantime, he wound up actually removing that app, and I can't remember now why. But there was something about it he didn't like, mm. and so he actually got rid of the whole thing. But it was kind of cool because you could look at it if we had a quake, mm-hmm. and you could actually get the information pretty quickly. I, there's a website on the computer. Oh yeah, there's a website too. But I mean, this was like right, right there now. on the screen, and you could see yes, it was a three point five, or yes, it was a four point eight, or and it tells you the whatever, depth. and it tells you where mm-hmm. uh, and when. And so that was kind of cool, and I sort of missed that, and I can't remember now why it was he took it off, but there was something about it he didn't like, and I I don't know what it was. He never tells me anything. It's like he's always changing things around on the computers for me. And I told him, I said, don't fuck with my computer. Do anything you want to yours, but leave mine the fuck <laughs> alone. Well, I want to upgrade it for you. And I go, well, I don't want it upgraded. If I wanted upgraded, I would go to somebody and say, can you please upgrade right. this? Thing? I hate upgrades. Changes things around. You can't I find them. cannot stand upgrades. I have, it works. It works well. 
it doesn't need to be fixed. If it's not fixed, if it's not broken, don't fix right. it. Right. And, and, but no, men, and I lay this all at their feet. The uh-huh. electronic, the electronic crap that we have uh-huh. to put up with is all due to men tolerating it uh-huh. in the first place. And I've repeatedly told him, you know, if, if women had been in charge of the electronics 45 years ago, we would Things still would be, be able to go into a store. What are you doing, child? He's having fun in the bathroom. Yeah, but I just got squirted with something wet. I don't oh. know quite sure what it was. Oh, I don't know. We, if, if we were in charge of the electronics industry 45 years ago, today you would still be able to go into a store, buy a box with one knob on it, uh-huh. bring it home, turn it on, <laughs> and it would have picture and sound and stereo and everything else that you have to buy 14 different boxes to get uh-huh. now. But that's another ramp remote control that, I don't that need you need to go a whole on. new. I, electronics and I are so not compatible. I am so not. That's why I don't have a smartphone yet. You know, I always, yeah, I don't yet. That's <laughs> why I always say I'm not smart enough to have a smartphone because I don't, I don't want to mess with them. Right. I, I watch the, the woman at the beauty shop. Okay. Uh-huh. When she does my petties. You know, she's sitting there and she's going, just a minute. And she goes to her phone, you know, and she dip, zip, zip, zip. And then she talks to it. Uh-huh. And she goes, um, I have to call you back, comma. I'm busy with a client, period. You know, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? She's talking her text uh-huh. to it. You know, where, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I, I use my cell phone for emergencies. Like when I'm driving down the road and I run out of gas, which never happens, but if it did, or I have a flat, which could happen, God forbid, uh, or have an accident, God forbid, whatever, then I, you know, I, hello, I need help. Right. Okay. Or there's a car that's tailing me for the last five miles and I'm scared shitless. I'm headed for the police right. department right now. Just want to let you know I'm coming. Right. So you can be out there and see this guy when he get when we get there. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. That's what I use a cell phone for. Or or once in a while, hi pizza man, um I'll be there in twenty minutes, make me a pizza, I'll pick it up. That kind of thing. But but not what people use uh-huh. smartphones for. I mean, Jesus, it's like having a little computer. It is. So, um, no, I'm not, I'm not. Zoe will teach you. Yeah. Yeah. Your two year old can. <laughs> well, she can't teach yet, but she knows how to do it. I yes. swear. She, it's, it's scary what that kid can do with a computer. I mean, the with, with a little cell phone, she could take it from a dead, nothing going on cell phone to YouTube to, yeah, Meemaw, Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. She called me, she calls Mickey Mouse Meemaw, Meemaw. She's watching Meemaw on her cell phone, on your cell phone or daddy's or daddy's cell phone. And then it's really hilarious because she gets a phone call and she fixes it. So, pink. Uh-huh. No, sorry. <laughs> missed call. Oh, that's okay. But I get to watch my me now. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's, that's really freaky. And, and, and I'm sure my granddaughters are probably going, Oh, for God's sakes, grandma, gr- join, uh, you know, get modern and all that. No, I don't need to. I'm, I'm, I, I'm computer literate. I work on the computer. I Google. Ladies all the and gentlemen, time. she will have a smartphone. No, she will not. I well, <laughs> I will eventually. I'm going to have to get one because they don't sell my phone anymore. Oh, that's what Ernie said. Anyway, I don't think he's lying about it. Although he has been known to. 
<laughs> tricking you. Yeah. He, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, you did. No, um, because I can't buy it to replace it. Mm-hmm. I have right now. I just buy bats all the time. When the bats go bad, I get a new bat. Right. Okay. And then they start to get all puffy and, uh-huh. and then I have to recharge them all the time. Then I know it's time to get a new bat and I get a new bat and it's cheap, you know. And as long as I can do that, I'm uh-huh. going to stick with my little cell phone because I don't. Your little cell phone is going to be obsolete to your carrier pretty soon. No, no, <laughs> no, because we, no, we have the same carrier for the cell phone as we do everything else. Uh-huh. No, they're not going to pull no. that one on me. I'm going to say your phone's no longer going to be working. I have a cell phone in the drawer that I want to use for a backup, and it's no longer available on their services. Oh, they can't do that. They Can they? Yes. No. I wonder why they haven't then, because this thing is old. I don't know. I mean, it's old. If they do, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I am. Because it's such a waste. It's such a waste. In the first place, I don't have a contract. Well, I do have a contract, but I mean, I don't have like a special smartphone contract Mm -hmm. thing and i don't have and i'm already on my computer practically 24 7 as it is what's the point of having a mini computer what's the point when you're on the go i'm on the go i'm driving (laughs) i can't do shit like that when i'm driving no i i have a i have a bluetooth so that i can hands-free call for help i cannot i cannot do anything with my phone when I'm driving. Right. You can't text. You can't do anything, any hands-on stuff. You can't do. Mm -hmm. So, and when I get somewhere, now I know the kids do it a lot because I see it on Facebook, okay, Uh because I go to Facebook all the time, and I have young friends, really young, Uh okay, in their 20s even, and and they post things like, here's the bottle of beer I'm drinking from at the restaurant right now, you know, and I'm like, they're photo blogging. Okay. I needed to know that. I'm just thrilled uh, beyond <laughs> words that you're having a beer in the restaurant with your friends right now. That's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is that? Whatever happened to just going out and having a good time and not uh, turning on your that's phone? so old school. I know, but I'm old. I mean, that's what we You're do. You're old and a hip age. <laughs> that's my burden in life. Damn it, you have a fucking Facebook page. You need a smartphone, too. No, I don't. I <laughs> don't. I not only don't need, but I do not want a smartphone. Plus, they're more expensive. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to say. They're expensive. Your carrier is going to make your phone obsolete, for you're going to have to pay the extra $50 a month. If it was only 50, that would be one thing, but you gotta spend 200 bucks for the damn phone! Or more! 500 bucks! You should have a couple upgrades. You should have an upgrade because your phone's a dinosaur, so you should have an upgrade on there. They should pay me to upgrade. (laughs) No. I may, I may actually do without. Uh, I may, I may. Listen, when I think back over all the years that I've had the cell phone, how many times have I had to really use it for an emergency? Right. Maybe once or twice. So do I really need it for an emergency? If I didn't have it, what would I do? I'd stand outside my car and go, help! <laughs> <laughs> I have an emergency! And then I'd be attacked by some bad person. Uh-huh. So I don't know. 
I don't know, but I don't, uh, I really don't want to get a smartphone. I know, so we've lived without a cell phone. Well, I know how I lived without a cell phone. You know, you, you know too, you just watch the old movies. Yeah. You know, you see the cops going to somebody's house. Excuse me, lady, can I use your telephone? <laughs> Hello? Why don't you use your cell? <laughs> I don't have one. You know. Yeah, that's, that's the way you did things. Yeah, look, nowadays. You looked for, you looked for a phone booth. Do you know that there are kids who don't know what a phone booth is? No, my kids won't know what a phone they booth is. They have no idea what a phone booth is. You know, I mean, unless you watch old Superman. Right. I was going to say Superman, but it has to be old Superman. Right. Because new Superman he has a cell phone. A, he, he probably has a smartphone. He, he can't change in a, in a phone booth because there aren't any phone booths. <laughs> there aren't even any. I don't think there are public phones. Across like, the street from our gym at the liquor store, there is. Is it what? What a freestanding outside public it's phone? A, a, it's a pay phone that's just attached to the wall. Inside or outside the building? Outside. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. But it's not. So. It's not like the old school where you stepped in and dialed. Oh yeah. You just we don't stand have there those. And, you just no, stand there. No, they in don't. The weather. Yeah, they don't have those anymore because they don't need them because everybody has cell phones. Yeah. So you know they're all on Friday. I'll show you. Okay, when we go to the gym, we should yeah. take a picture of it and say how many people know what the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, we don't have phone booths anymore, and that's okay because. Most of the time, they just smelled like nasty bathrooms anyway. But, um, and I, and we actually had one on the campground that Ernie and I managed. Oh. One of the campgrounds we managed. I won't say which one in case a family member might be listening. But it was, uh, the, the phone booth was actually about 25 feet away from our assistant manager's trailer, okay. mo- mobile home that he lived in. And unfortunately, this man and woman were visiting family or on their way to visit family in another state. And they were from, I believe, back east someplace. Okay. And we found out after the fact that the husband had been warned by his physician not to take the trip. But oh, he did. No. And they they got in the phone booth to uh, call their destination and say, hi, we're on the way. And the guy collapsed. And because the doors on a phone booth used to open inward, they used to, they used to he like was on the, in? well, kind of, yeah, they were folding, they folded inward. Yeah. Uh, and he was a big guy and she was a little woman, you know, and the phone booths were only like two feet square. Right. Tiny. So there wasn't any, she couldn't get the door open to get him out. Oh, no. And so she's standing there going <laughs> from above him trying to blow in his face it, like she had no fucking clue what resuscitation was all about, right. you know, and it'd be like waving her hand at his, you know, nothing. I mean, the, the, he was DOA when he hit the ground. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, and she couldn't even open the door enough. She could barely open it enough. She could yell out for help. And the man, assistant manager heard her. And then came, but they still couldn't get the door open because the guy's body was, was there holding the, the door, door shut, yeah. you know. So then I think it wasn't long after that, because I guess that wasn't the only situation like that. They actually made some that they opened outward, you okay. know, but, but for the longest time, that's how the doors opened and right. they couldn't, they couldn't, you couldn't do shit. So, but that's what a phone booth is. It's a two and a half foot squ- square rectangle that was about six foot tall. With a phone in it, and you could close the door. That was a phone booth. Yep. And they were all over everywhere, but they don't they don't exist anymore. So, 
Anyhow, I don't know quite how we got onto phone booths. From, I don't know <laughs> from where we were, but it doesn't. Oh much, well, it doesn't much matter where we were. Anyhow, we just sort of rambling today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get a smartphone. I don't want to. I I don't want to have to. That's the part of the problem. I don't like being forced. You well, know, they're forcing everybody to, into it. Well, they haven't done so far. I mean, if they were going to, my God, I've had that phone forever. Right. I mean, forever. But I think if your phone breaks and you go to replace oh, it, yeah, your options that, are Yeah, that's, that's, that's what Ernie has said. You mm-hmm. know, you, if that thing, if you can't get bats for it or it, it smashes or breaks or something, you're dead. That, right. That I know. Yeah. But for them to just go, no, I'm sorry, we don't have that capability to handle those calls anymore. Yeah, I don't think they my, can do that. Because my old phone, they My did. calls are the same as your calls. Mm-hmm. They're just telephone calls. Mm-hmm. So they can't, they can't do that. Yeah. They can't say, well, this, we don't provide that service yeah, anymore. I got out of one of my old phones out of my junk drawer and went to use it as a backup because my other phone messed up. And I could receive text messages, but I couldn't make in- outgoing calls or ex- receive incoming calls. But was that, it wasn't because of the service. It was because that that phone wasn't uh, activated. But it was activated because I pushed, excuse me, I put my phone number onto that phone. I traded services to that phone. Well, how can they do that? Because this, the, 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 it's the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. What, may I ask, what company? Same as you have. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, they better not try it with me. I'll get mad. But see, that phone was disconnected. I'll show them. Yeah. I'll teach them, as Ernie says. (laughs) Yeah, they're scared now. (laughs) Yeah, but that's true. I, I, um, I don't like, I don't like being forced into some, a situation like that. It happens enough as it is. Uh, it's like the TV. We both have the same TV yes. carrier. Have you noticed that when you go to, uh, especially first thing in the morning when you turn on the television, uh-huh. then, and you go to hit the TV guide button, uh-huh. it wants to tell you some other shit about right. movies and stuff like that. It really pisses me off. They take if you I, to their, yeah, they take you somewhere yeah. else than where you, where you asked to go. Yeah. Just long enough for you to have to look at it and then, and then they'll go where you said you wanted to go. Uh-huh. I don't really resent that because but I'm first paying, putting subliminal messages I'm, in front of you. You want to rent this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not paying for that, sir. I'm paying for the service that I want to use and I resent them sneaking their crap in there uh-huh. on me so that I have to. And it takes a couple of seconds it. for it to go off. Well, I've for learned you to how go. to circumvent it. How? Well, when you first click on, uh-huh. hit that exit button. Oh, okay. Hit the exit button, and that takes you right out of everything. All their bullshit. Yeah, and then hit your TV yeah, guide button. Yeah, because when your TV, when you what you want to watch is coming up, just yeah. little tiny square. Well, when when that happens, where's your remote? I don't know. What here you it did is. With it. When when that one happens, hit this button right here. Okay. okay, and that'll that'll erase the little square and put ah. the big square in. But if you're if you're going. If you're going for the the TV guide mm-hmm. and they throw that, oh, wouldn't you really rather listen, look at this bullshit right. for a minute? Just hit the escape button. That's it. And that takes it out of that. Then you go back in and hit and the TV can, guide button again. And, and, and then, yeah. So there's there are ways around. Believe me, I have sat and <laughs> pushed every pushed button. Every what does button this one do? Going, damn son of a bitch. If I wanted to watch that shit, I'd I would look put at it, it on. I, I really, I really don't like being manipulated 
right. electronically. It right. does. It does bug me. It really, really does, especially when I'm paying as much as I am. Yeah, it's not you know, cheap. It isn't cheap at all. I mean, yeah, we're bundled, but damn, I mean, it's expensive. Yeah, expensive. Plus, then they're gonna they're gonna switch. <clears throat> they're taking the cell phone bills off the main bundle bill. Mm-hmm. And the, when I was, I had some, I made some changes cause our contract that we had with them about movies and stuff was up and I had to make changes. And, um, she, the woman told me this, you know, I said, what's the matter? Aren't you making enough money off the cell phone charges? <laughs> and she says, Oh, Oh no, it's not that. It's because, uh, so there's been so many, uh, issues that people call up about and it's, and it's really hard to get them all. And I'm Bullshit. like, Oh, could, give me a. Hat and a cane with that tap dance. Uh-huh. Come on. Anyway, um, that hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. They're going to take the cell phone charges separate, right? Bill you separately, right? Okay, and supposedly it's not going to cost any more, even though you know every time they do change billing things, that's one of the excuses they use, right? For your costs going up. Well, we had to do this for billing, and so it's made uh-huh. it's more expensive. But now they're saying, well, no, it's not going to cost more. Yeah, twenty dollars of your bill you has nothing bills. to do with your bill. It has to do with nine one one. Yeah, and what, they're going to send me separate fee. bills, and it's not going to cost them anymore. Oh, I know. I don't believe that for a minute. But anyway, we'll see what happens. It isn't the only game in town, but it is the best. And it is they the best. know it. They know it. And so they're taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which kind of irritates the crap out of me. Again, I, yeah. I don't like being bullied by they need to undercut the corporations, undercut the other company and they'd make more business. Well, they're, they're already making a lot of business as it is. How are we doing on time? We're done. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Well, because we have a couple more minutes. Oh, we're, oh, we're done. All right. Because Daddy came in with the baby, and I just realized, oh, shit, yeah. we must be done. Well, then, we probably are done. Sure. So, enough about my rant about electronic devices and their She'll control over my life. She I will, will not get a smartphone. She will. Her husband will make her. Not. Ernie will get one. If I do get, get one, one, I won't use it. Ha! Huh? I refuse. Dave, how do you I do know, this? You know, how do you make way. this function? <laughs> I was the same way about computers. Uh-huh. Frosty, my good friend who's not with uh-huh. us anymore, told me, you should get a computer. And I go, oh, Frosty, I don't want to get a fucking computer. She said, you will love it. You uh-huh. will love it. And I go, no, 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 I never will. So guess who, remember guess she who's said. on it 24-7. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. So And she'll get a smartphone and she'll love to hate it. I probably will, but uh-huh. I won't like you it. You heard her here firsthand, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All we're right. getting out of well, here. So that's enough of that shit. So uh, I am Miss Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. And thanks for joining us. Oh, and don't don't forget, uh, go to our website. Yes. Click on the, uh, 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 shit. What is it? Click on the comment God, button. Yes. <laughs> and that takes you directly to the email, uh, page and you can email us. Let us know what you think about our show or anything else that you want to talk about. And if you want us to, we will read your emails on the air. If you tell us not to, we won't. So, anyhow, as I started to say, I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Thank you for listening to Don't Don't Get Us Started. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I don't think we should say anything. No, we need to say something. Okay, that was an awesome show. Into our next show. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's going to kill us for, you know, turning this into a whole other area. Well, you know.
Dave loves us. Yeah, thank goodness. Hopefully. <laughs> After this show, I'm not hey, sure. We're his only Canadians content, so Oh, uh, that's true too. You kinda We're the minority. That's right. He has to keep us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. No. But. Okay. Sheer Darkness number eighteen is our next one. That's scary. Sounding. I know it is. Uh this week Terry tells Dave all about his forthcoming adventure as he prepares to depart from the state of Idaho to make his way home to sunny California. After a three-year absence. Then the two get into a conversation about zombies, where Dave transforms into super nerd and spends the rest of the show going on about his favorite monster. Zombies? Zombies. Oh, all right. I like anything with zombies. I've never been to Idaho. No. I, I understand it's the potato capital of the world. I've seen that. Yeah. Other than P.I. Go P.I. Yay! But. Shameless plug. <laughs> We're Canadian. What do you want? I, but, saw a, I saw a good meme on Facebook for yeah. Walking Dead. It had a picture of Beth. And it said, missing Beth Green. If found, please return to Daryl Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get on with it. Alrighty. Sheer Darkness number 18. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I am Terry D. Shearer. And I am David K. Montoya. I bid you welcome to Sheer Darkness. I should say I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to sit down and, and do this episode. I, I should apologize for last week, you know, making you go solo. Well, you had Steve. He did pretty good. But, um, you know, with Rebecca's wedding and then I went on vacation, everything just kind of... I, I didn't plan ahead enough to think about doing a podcast, so I, I apologize for that. Um, but I, you did really well. Um, I listened to your your podcast last week, and it, it was it was fun. I, I liked it. Learned a couple things about Zardoz and whatnot. So, how you been? I, I haven't seen you or talked to you in about a week. What have you been up to? Anything new? Exciting? Well, this was uh, this podcast was recorded about three days ago, maybe. By the time you hear this podcast. I should be, hopefully, if the gods see fit, hopefully I will be safely ensconced once again in sunny Southern California. And while that's, <clears throat> excuse me, while that's a good thing, the, uh, the reason I'm going back down there is not so great. What happened was my, uh, mother, who is 83, needed uh, some emergency surgery over the Memorial Day weekend uh, because her artery, the arteries in her legs, both legs, nearly completely occluded, and they had to be replaced. She's been having trouble with her legs for God longer than I can remember. And now it's been more than two years, maybe three years. But no one really paid much attention to it until recently when a doctor finally decided to run some uh, diagnostic testing on her legs and discovered that uh, the arteries were nearly completely included and if something wasn't done about it immediately she could lose both of her 
feet, if not her lower legs. <clears throat> so, um, Sunday last, she went in, and uh, they replaced the arteries of both legs, the iliac, the femoral, and the popliteal arteries in both legs. That's basically from the groin down to the knee. So she came through the surgery well, but the doctor wanted her to go to a rehab hospital for two weeks because he didn't think she could uh, be on her own at, at home. Oddly enough, I had uh, just asked her the week before if she needed me to come down and basically take care of her because I knew she was having so much trouble getting around on her own and uh, there was really no one else down there who could do the job on a daily basis. So, yes, she uh, she thought that would be fine. That was even before we knew she had to have the surgery because she hadn't seen the doctor for the results of her test yet. But anyway, so that worked out pretty well. <clears throat> the problem was, of course, that I'm stuck up here in Idaho. And I would have to pack up once again everything I own and move it over 600 miles back down to Southern California. So, while I haven't actually done that yet, by the time you hear this, I hopefully will have a uh, picking up a truck in the morning. And it would probably take me at least two days to load up the storage unit. Excuse me, to load up the storage unit and everything here in the, at, the, at the place where I live. I have been packing the house up for the last three days. Well, four days, actually. I took the day off because I needed to. So tomorrow starts the heavy movie. And uh, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few days is loading up, moving out. I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't happy at the fact that you were coming back to California. I mean, the last time I saw you was 2010. It was like right after you got out of uh, rehab, right you know, during that whole time of your accident. Um, so it's, it's been, I think in September will be, it'll be three years since I've actually seen you face to face. So I, I am happy to hear that you're coming back to California, but on the same hand, I, I'm sorry to hear about your mom, you know, being sick and going to the hospital and surgery and whatnot. But on the same note, you know, I'm glad to hear that she's doing well and she took the surgery well. So, 
hopefully, you know, on the way down to where you're going, you'll stop in and and, and visit. Because, like, right now, um, it's, I think it got up to, like, 92, 93 degrees today. So it was nice and hot today. So you stop in, we'll say hi, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to have more, you know, face-to-face interaction in the, the coming future, you know, now that you're back home in California. So that'll be really cool. So how do you feel? How do you feel about coming back home to California? Well, first thing I'm probably going to do is rest up. Because not only do I have to load the truck up here and then drive it down there, I also have to unload the truck into a new storage unit, which I don't even have yet. And then take the truck back and, you know, my mother should be home by Thursday or Friday, so I'll be, you know, looking after her too. So, being back in Southern California will hopefully be worth the trip. I I know I lived in the high desert for 15 years, but Southern California to me is L.A. and anything south of that, you know, beaches and San Diego, that's Southern California as far as I'm concerned, but hey, get to spend some time with my mother, get to see my kids again, get to see my grandkids again. And maybe even my great-granddaughter, if they ever decide to come out this way anytime soon. So, being back there should be good. Uh, Won't have to worry about doing yard work or anything. So, without outside distractions, I hopefully will be able to get back to work on my own work, that is. And we'll hopefully feel a little better about myself and my life. But we'll see. We'll see. And on the plus side, aside from seeing my family again, since I won't be paying rent, should be able to get uh, Netflix back again so I can start watching movies. Um, haven't seen anything recently because uh, I'm too busy packing up everything I own and all my movies are packed away now. Doc, I've never seen them again, so yeah, if I can get uh, get back on Netflix, I should be able to start uh, watching movies again. That would be nice. My, uh, my mother likes movies, too. I'm taking up a few of my old, old flicks for her to watch, because 
she's only got a, well, she's got a DVD and a VHS, but uh, she doesn't have much in the way of recent movies, but most of the movies I've taken back, like Casablanca and the Maltese Falcon, The Big Sleep and, you know, stuff like that, uh, Thin Man, things like that that she would like. And I like too, so anyway, we can uh, we can watch movies together. Nothing else. I know it's been a while since you last had um, Netflix. I think when you get it back, you'll be really pleasantly surprised. They recently expanded their library quite a bit, and they've put in some really good classic movies as well. So I, I think you'll you'll enjoy that as well. That'll be fun. And, uh, I guess I'll be doing my podcasts from, uh, down there from now on, and hopefully rewriting again, because I think the air is better down there, not the breathable air, but I mean the air, the aura is better down there. It's been pretty damn black up here. Here it is almost, uh, you know, June. And it's still almost freezing every night here. We get rain and cold wind, and it's just... Believe it or not, I know what you're talking about. Um, You know, last week we were on vacation, and we went up to Ely, you know, which is, uh, you know, not too, too far from where you're at in Idaho and it really never got too hot and you know the the nights got down I think the lowest it got down to was like 22 degrees in fact there was like at one point um I don't remember what day it was but I actually I thought it was going to snow yeah of course we don't have snow like New York but it ain't comfortable and we can get back into a area of the country where I feel better. One thing I, I miss, no, actually I haven't even seen any of these for 20 years, is uh, ferns. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Ferns are one of the uh, very first plants on this planet because they uh, they don't need insects or anything to pollinate. To pollinate them, they uh, are kind of like asexual, I guess. They produce their own seeds. The ones I really like are the tree ferns, the Australian and New Zealand tree ferns, which things grow, you know, quite tall and quite big. They uh, don't grow in the high desert. It's too hot, too cold in wintertime. Sure, we don't go up here. So, it'd be nice to get back down there and see some exotic plants once again. Can't do much with uh, succulents up here either. So, gobby and things like that. I like those plants, but uh, I haven't seen them in a long time. So there's 
you know, that's more to see than just, you know, people, and I know there's going to be crowded, really, really crowded down there, you know, the traffic, everywhere you go, you run into a thousand million people, but that's one of the, uh, drawbacks of living down there, something you just have to And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger better, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, better, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? 
then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. So is the next uh, Sheer Darkness going to be live from the beach? That'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, for myself, you know, and I, I've been back to California for about, what, two years now? Two, yeah, about two years, a little over two years. Um, I haven't even been down to the beach in, in quite some time. Uh, I, I don't remember, honestly don't remember. But, uh, you know, being only a few blocks away, that's that's definitely, I think, going to be worth the trip all in itself. You know, just whenever you feel like walking out and going down to the beach, if it's like two to three blocks, it's still, it's a, you don't even have to get in the car. You could just literally walk on down there if, if you're going to be that close. That would be pretty, you know, that would be awesome. So here's a question for you. Um... We all know how much you dislike Idaho. You know, anybody that's listened to Sheer Darkness or um, the news views and reviews, we we know how much you dislike that state. But is there anything that you're going to actually miss in Idaho? Well, actually, yeah, there are a couple of things out there. It's really, it's... No shit. What is that? main one is the night sky up here is just amazing when it's clear if there's no clouds or anything. Uh, the stars are so close, so big, you know, right next to Montana, and for some reason that state gets the, the name of Big Sky Country. I don't know why they get that title, but... The sky is pretty damn big here in Idaho, too. You know, the North Star Polaris seems to be nearly overhead or so far north. And uh, the Big Dipper is just humongous. It's, it's like it's three times as large as I remember it being in California. And, of course, I, <clears throat> I got to see... Uh, fleet of UFOs up here last summer right beneath Cassiopeia. That was pretty cool. Uh, it's just, you know, the sky is just amazing. And uh, the space out here is uh, pretty amazing, too. And yeah, inside the city, there's you know a lot of people and everything, but once you get outside city just a little ways it's 
lots of empty space, lots of nature. Yeah, I couldn't believe how much uh, dried lava there is up here. I mean, it just stretches for hundreds and hundreds of miles from the uh, craters of the moon where they had the uh, big eruptions 2,000 years ago. The shit just spread hundreds of miles in all directions. But, you know, there, clear down to the border, and uh, I'm bringing home lots of cool lava rock, which uh, this is something you just don't see uh, in California. And I never got to see any of the uh, real wilderness up here either. They, uh, you know, most of the state is mountainous. They have lots of wilderness up here, but uh, never got got to go anywhere except that one time. The craters of the moon, which is pretty cool, but it was, uh, you know, fucking moonscape. All lava, so there wasn't really much in the way of nature to see up there. So I missed the uh, mountains. Didn't get to see the mountains or the, the wilderness. So yeah, I regret that, but that's okay. I'll pass that up to get to get home to to SoCal. No problem there at all. They got mountains down there too. So, so from the sounds of it, it, it sounds like you're ready to get out of there, huh? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Just hope I have the, uh, the energy and the stamina to get through the next three days, because that's going to be really tough. But the one thing the two states have in common, Idaho and California, are forest fires and wildfires, which... bad anywhere. Already had a couple of small fires here in Idaho this year already. I said already. Already. That's four times I said already. Now it's five. And I know that uh, they've got a fire going in California. Already two. So not looking forward to those again. But I will be uh, in a fairly large metropolitan area uh, I moved back down there whereas in high desert it was uh, still kind of a rural area you know, I mean, we had horses up the street from me everybody had chickens uh, and we were very very close to the mountains and I remember twice at least during the 15 years I was living there we could, we could see flames coming up over the mountaintop from uh, well from the other side of the mountains you know burning through everything down there so I'm not looking forward to that again but again I should be safe from that type of <sighs> disaster being more out in the or being rather in the city so 
voice and damn thing going on. It makes life miserable. But we'll see. I should be happier. I should be happier down there. And there will be one big change that I'll have to deal with once I get down there. Oh, what will that be? I, I won't be able to smoke in the house or around my mother. She has such bad lungs that, uh, well, I can't smoke around her. That's just it. So, in the morning, I'm going to go out and pick up one of those electronic cigarettes. So, at least I'll have something I can put in my mouth and pretend like I'm smoking. Uh, my wife and I have both tried to quit. You know, the past couple of years, more than once, because, you know, for one thing, cigarettes are so fucking expensive now. But during the wintertime, we were pretty much cabin-bound, or we were suffering from cabin fever, I guess, because, you know, we uh, didn't go outside at all for weeks at a time, except to take the dog out. Because there was so much snow on the ground. It was a bad winter up here. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, seriously cut back on my smoking, especially since I've been pretty much chain-smoking since I've been stuck in the house. At least it's been a little bit better since uh, technically it's spring, although the temperatures don't really correspond to that. We have had a couple of days in the 80s, but uh, you know, two days in the last what is this? This is May. Yeah. You know, two days in May, I think we were in the 80s. And, uh, the rest of the time it hasn't been that nice, so I've been smoking a lot. Gotta cut that out real quick here, though. But there's worse things, I guess, than having to quit smoking. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of tough. You know, when we lived in uh, the one house on uh, Little Beaver before we lost it, you know, I, I'd just smoke in the house and Lacey'd smoke in the house, and that was no big deal, but... Then after we lost the house and we had to go move in with her her mom, um, we had to go outside and smoke. So that was kind of a big transition. It was it was kind of tough at first because you know you just you can't stop what you're doing and go outside and have a quick cigarette and come back in because you know when you had your own place, you know it didn't matter what you were doing. You just have a cigarette right there and then and then you know can keep doing what you're doing, but. You know, when you have to go outside, it's uh, it's a lot tougher. But I mean, now you know that's it's been about three years. Um, you know, we we actually smoke outside now in the the place that we have, just because of Zoe and and you know just more health concerns. And I don't know, it's just I guess better that way. And I I think in the long run too, it it actually makes us smoke less. You know, and I'll miss my dog too. The birds. They'll be with my wife. She's going to move into 
her mother's home, and she'll be there, and they have a yard for the dog, hopefully a place for the birds, but anyway, won't have them anymore, at least not to, uh, well, I'll still get to see them. wife it's someone especially you know since you guys have been retired you guys have been around each other for you know more time than not in you know previous years because you both were working so yeah definitely and beyond that I guess I'll have to learn how to drive in traffic again it's something I've not had to worry about the last three years not just on the roads, but the freeways, too. I haven't even seen a freeway since I, uh... Oh fuck. Since I left Nevada in an ambulance three years ago. So, anyway, uh, I still remember uh, the freeways down there. And I'm going to be driving that fucking truck on those bloody freeways. <clears throat> so that should be real fucking interesting. But, you know, it shouldn't be too terrible. We'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I know about the, especially in Nevada freeways, because we were just there, you know, last week with Rebecca and Aaron's wedding, and, uh, you know, honestly, I think I'd much rather drive on, you know, street roads than get on the, the freeway. It's just a pain in the ass. I, I'd much rather just shoot. I, I'd probably stop driving, get me a limo driver if I could. <laughs> I know my mother doesn't like to drive in traffic anyway, so... I suppose I'll be uh, driving her around if she has to go anywhere. I know she has lots of doctor's appointments, and I'm sure she'll have many more while she's recuperating from this surgery, so I'll be in lots of driving practice in really quickly. Uh, but uh, we do what we have to do. And getting back to the beach again, and I spent my, my whole childhood at the beach, practically. My grandmother's house was just two blocks from the, from the beach down there, the Belmont Shore, Long Beach, and uh, summertime we'd go down there, came there every day, even when we moved into the city of Long Beach proper, you know, we could still spent most of the summer at the beach. My mom liked the beach. We would go down there every weekend we could, and sometimes during the week. So, I do miss the beach. I'm going to be cremated when I go, and 
them and ashes scattered over the ocean so I can continue with the beach. And I've been carrying around my dad's ashes for, well, now, ever since he died in 79. So I guess we'll be scattered together. I guess get to spend eternity at the beach. Always like that. Something to look forward to. Something else to look forward to. I will have to uh, get down there and start looking for my own new doctors. Have to get a new oncologist and a new GP. See if I can continue the treatments I'm on, if nothing else. So I get that to look forward to too. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of fun things to look forward to. I know you're looking forward to getting back to California and, and getting your life back together, and and definitely enjoying some warmer weather. You know that's. That and the beach, lucky dog, man. That that's really awesome. But uh, what I wanted to know, as, as you were talking just a second ago, um, how are you feeling physically, man? Um, you know, we we all know, you know, your your health situation. We've talked about it quite a few times, not only on this show, but you know, your other show as well. So, how are you feeling? How are you holding up? I've been uh, so crazy, freaking busy last week or so, packing and everything and arranging all of the uh, movement and everything. I, I don't even know. haven't really felt uh, bad. haven't really had a chance to feel bad, so... Apparently, I'm doing okay. I still have pain, of course, but uh, usually only if I forget to take my pain medication on schedule. So as long as I <clears throat> keep popping the pills, I, uh, I feel pretty good. I guess that's the best I can hope for. Uh, once I get down there and situated, I'll have to see what I can do see what I can do about digging up with some more doctors and hate going to new doctors though because they always want to try new fucking medication I already know what works for me and what doesn't so there we go that's something else to to do with but yeah it shouldn't be too bad well why don't we talk about Something we both have an interest in. Uh, zombies, perhaps? Okay, that's cool. You know me and zombies. I, I'm always up for a good conversation about The Walking Dead. And I mean, Walking Dead as in zombies, not Walking Dead as in, you know, the TV show, comic books. But I, I like them, but you know what I mean. So, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I've seen the ads now for... The new movie, World War Z. I never read that book. I've 
I read the Zombie Survival Manual, but World War Z, I missed. You've read that, haven't you, Dave? Oh, yeah. In fact, you're the one who, who bought that for me. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, believe it or not, I think it was like my 29th birthday, 29th or 30th birthday. It was in that area. Um, you actually purchased the book for me. And, um, yeah, I read it. it. In fact, it was written by the same guy, uh, Max Brooks, who wrote the Survival Zombie, Zombie Guide. Yeah, definitely, I read the book quite a long time ago. I think it was like 2006 when I read it. Well, why could you possibly you know, tell our listeners and myself uh, something about the book? And because the uh, previews look really freaky. So, anyway... What's, what's the book about? Believe it or not, the book is a follow-up to Max Brooks's Zombie Survivor Guide. Um, what it is is World War Z, obviously, stand, Z standing for zombies. Um, it's, it's like a military debriefing. Um, it's a story of, of multiple accounts of how the the zombie apocalypse kind of comes about comes to be i and max brooks the writer interesting enough kind of throws himself in as a character as the narrator um what goes on is the stories that he talks about is has happened like 10 years ago and like i said he's he's a character he's like an agent um oh what was it called um the United Nations Post-War Commission. <laughs> I remember. And uh, he, he's an agent of that. And he talks about the zombie war. And, um, you know, different accounts of the, the zombie, what happens. And um, what else? It's, it's really... Now, this is just my opinion in it. Uh, you know, but I, I do own all the George A. Romero movies. And to me, I felt it was kind of an ode to George A. Romero because it, it had that same type of feel, you know, that that unique George Romero type zombie movie feel. And, um, you know, too bad he passed on directing the movie because I think the way that he would have portrayed the zombies... Um, he he would have brought justice to World War Z, but anyway, much like George Romero, you can really look into, you know, the story itself, and and he's telling a story about not only you know the United States and and our the way our government works, but you know he brings in different nationalities, and and it's it's a very big political story, very well told through. You know, a zombie book. And another thing that's very interesting that I kind of caught off, and, and I got lucky because I actually read the, the, the zombie survival guide first before I read World War Z, is he actually brings in things, scenarios that he talks about in World War Z, you know, as far as survival, you know, surviving the zombie apocalypse. He actually brings that into play into the story. So you can kind of see, you know, a character do something rather than maybe use a handgun they use uh you know uh, a sharp knife or you know some type of weapon that can be used over and over again that's directly from the zombie survival guide 
And I thought that was very clever how he tied, you know, that book, which is essentially just like it is. It says it on the table. It's a zombie survival guide. There's really not much of a story to it. But he was able to connect that book to World War Z, which I thought was very, very clever. Now, as far as the movie goes, you know, um, Brad Pitt is actually, I believe he's going to be playing the character that Max Brooks created for himself. You know, the main character, uh, you know, the narrator. But instead of being a narrator, he's actually going to be involved in, you know, the story itself. And I'm not going to give too much away the the ending um, I wouldn't really necessarily say it was a happy ending, especially for the humans. Uh, well, not humans, because they're actually the zombies and living people are human beings. But, you know, I'm going to say for the actual living. Um, and that can actually stretch out into not only the humanoid species but you know animals and plants and whatnot but i'm actually really interested in seeing how this turns out and and how close they're actually going to follow the book because we all know how hollywood loves to just rape a good book when it comes to translation to film we would you know that's just to be expected nowadays but i will i'll be there i'm really interested in seeing you know how it comes out in the end and and uh, I'm interested, I, I, you know, one of the things is, too, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I, I know I'm rambling, I'm sorry, but uh, Brad Pitt, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to see how he handles a zombie movie, because, you know, you don't, when you think Brad Pitt, you, you don't think zombie apocalypse, so I, I'm kind of interested in, in seeing how that turns about. And speaking of, of zombie stories, um, you know, a couple of years ago, you were working on a zombie story. Whatever happened to that? My zombie story got, uh, what's the word for it? Not shelved exactly, but just pushed back with, along with most of my other writing works, because I just have not been... able to uh to write very much last year or so um, but I would really you know like to finish the story because it explains everything about zombies why they're here what they're doing why they require brains to eat what zombies really are and uh Anyway, yeah, I would like to get back to that. Hopefully, if, if I uh, survive the move, just California, I might uh, might be able to continue working. Although at this point, I think that I would rather... Well, I can't do that. Uh, anyway, it's not going as well as I hoped it would. The move and everything, everything involved in the move has come kind of crashing down around me uh just you know recently recently real recently so anyhow uh yeah zombies are cool probably one of the most uh wickedly demented creatures we have uh 
pursuing this at the moment. Even recently, the CDC announced that, to their knowledge, there was no zombie attack or zombie plague imminent because so many of these uh, zombie killer type incidents have occurred over the past uh, few months and such. But if you know if you know what you're looking for, you can still find out information, and you should always be prepared for the worst. Yeah, it's just that. Sad thing is that you know a gun can't solve everything. Since we're talking about zombies and stories and whatnot, I think uh, if you don't mind, let me jump in and give everybody, including you, a little update. Uh, you know, last year we did a 15-week run. Um, what we did is we took the very first part of the story, The End, and we broke it up into 15 parts. And every Sunday, you know, it came out, uh, a new part came out, and we did that, like I said, for 15 weeks. And the numbers were really good, really strong. And uh, I decided that after, you know, looking at the numbers and, and deciding exactly what I want to do, because the story is broken up into three parts, uh, part one, part two, part three, obviously. And, or you can look at them as an acts two, act one, act two, act three. And I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do as far as putting the story out there. Because um, one of the things that I'm going to do this year is put out book one or story one in an actual book form, whether it be, well, not in weather, it's going to be. It's going to be paperback, it's going to be an ebook and an audiobook. But one of the things that I was trying to decide is how I was going to present book two. Um, and what I decided to do is I believe we're going to wait until September, no, October. We're, we're going to do October run, and we're going to present part two. And part two is a much larger part of the story. So that's going to come out. I don't know if we're going to wait until Halloween or if we're going to do it, you know, I don't know, but I know it's going to be in October. And anyway, we're going to do the same thing that we did with story one. And we're going to put it out through the Jaiselmon publications um, for absolutely free. You guys can enjoy it. And then after we do that run, we're going to work on that as well. And later in 2014 we're going to produce a book two. Now, like I said, there's actually a third piece to the story, story three, and that's a piece that Terry hasn't even read. Um, and what we're going to do with that, I believe, now this could change between now and then, but what we're going to do is we're going to put all three books into one book, and there's pieces that I cut out intentionally for... Uh, you know, the stories that you're reading. And I'm going to put all that back in. And maybe by late 2014, we're going to come out with a book that has all the entire story of the end, beginning to the conclusion. And for those who don't know what the end is, that's my twist on 
the zombies. Um, it, it's it's categorized as a zombie story, even though the the main participants, or rather the main antagonists, are not technically what would be considered as a stereotypical zombie. Um, the characters are actually still alive, and uh, they're called unlucky survivors. And the Gray family, who lives in Appleton, California, they decide that they're going to make a journey to this place called Haven, Montana. And Haven, Montana is the last known civilized city in the United States. And they figure that if they can make it there, they can live happily ever after. And book one, book two, and book three is all about that journey and what happens. And... If you're interested, you can go to www.jazelmon slash the end, all one word, and you can read um, season one, which is the first story, I, the first 15. You can read that now absolutely free. And then, like I said, come back in October, and uh, we're going to start this machine up again, and we're going to kick out some new stuff for book two. And, uh, you know, I, I think my version of zombies are, are pretty unique. I, I went with the 28 weeks later in the 28, what is it, 28 days later, 28, 28 weeks later. I went with that type of brand as far as zombies. I didn't go with the actual walking dead zombies. Um, so, yeah, check that out when you have a chance. Uh, anything else that you got to say, Tara? I know we're getting close to running out of time here. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate uh, sharing with us tonight, and hopefully by the time next podcast rolls around, things will be either better or they will be totally down fucking toilet. Just have to wait and see, I guess. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, Dave, I'll let you sign us off. Good night, everyone. Well, first, let me say good luck with the move. Um, so you'll have to give me a call. You know, as soon as you get into town, let me know that you made it okay. And uh, also, I'm glad that I was able to come in and make it on time to to do this episode. I know, like, it's going to go up on Saturday, just because of the timing and, and everything on my end. So. To the listeners, I apologize. It's a it's a day late, but better late than never, I guess, huh? So anyway, folks, uh, that's it for this week for Terry D. Shear. I am David K. Montoya, and I bid you all a good night. Brains. <laughs> like I said, anything with zombies is cool. Brains. Doesn't mean you're a zombie. Brains. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where's Jason? <laughs> He's the one that should be saying that. Yeah. <laughs> he needs him. No, this is our show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is this is like the original two horsemen of the uh, the movie Madhouse without our uh, sandbag. Jay Cross. <laughs> yep. So That little redheaded stepchild. <laughs> okay. Our final show for this show. Final show for this show. Yeah, that kind of sounds weird. This final show for this episode. Episode. Ah, that's much better. Yeah. This is Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe number 15, A Failure to Communicate. 
No, no. This is from May 15th of uh, 2013. Still feeling the sting from the tragedy of the Boston Marathon bombing, Reaper Rick takes a look at what he believes in and what leads them to hunt others in the name of their religion. Then he closes the show with an announcement of a new segment to be added to the show. I remember that. Yeah. That was not cool. That was uh, very, very fresh. Still. Yeah. I think we should just probably go into this show. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Here it is. Reaper Rick number 15. And welcome back, everyone. I am Reaper Rick. And hopefully you know who you are. Just a couple of news updates today, tonight, before we get started. The Jody Arias trial, which began in January, has, or will, go to the jury, finally, first week of May. I don't know whether this podcast is a couple of weeks ahead or behind, depending on how you look at it. But anyway, closing arguments are next week, and I guess that's May 1st and 2nd, and after that, the jury will get the case. So after almost five months of torturous testimony, hideous pictures, autopsy photos, Lies upon lies upon lies. Anyway, the jury will finally make a decision shortly. And by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully they will have already made their decision. But somehow I feel that even after the trial is finished... This this episode will not be over yet. <clears throat> All right. On a another note, in Belarus recently, somewhere in Russia, three guys were fishing. Oh, this comes under the category of when nature attacks. Anyway, these three guys were fishing, and one of them saw a beaver. And the beaver was so cute, apparently, this guy wanted a picture of it. So he tried to get as close as he could to the beaver to get a close-up picture of it. And apparently the beaver did not like having his picture taken. And he turned around and then attacked the man with the camera. Um, Beavers aren't real tall. And they can't jump on you or anything. But for some reason, this beaver managed to nick the man's femoral artery in his thigh 
And since they were out in the wilderness somewhere fishing, they could not get him to the hospital in time to save his life, and he died. So, fisherman dies as a result of beaver attack. There you go. Creatures out in the wild are, after all, wild animals and should not be annoyed or played with. Just give them their space, taking enough away from them as it is. Leave them the fuck alone. Alrighty, so now, now, I'm going to have to talk about something that I dislike talking about. But recent events have brought this subject to the forefront once again, and I am just sick to death of this bullshit. What, I, what I'm talking about is the Boston Marathon bombing that happened a few weeks ago. And, you know, they killed one of the suspects and arrested the other one. They were brothers. And why? Why do you suppose they set these two bombs and then killed an MIT police officer. You know, why did they kill and maim hundreds of people? Why? They felt it necessary to defend Islam. Now, I'm sure many of you know a little about Islam from, if nothing else, all of the attacks that Muslims have made against Americans. In the pretext of defending Islam. My question still, and I've asked this question before, my question still is, why do Muslims, or some Muslims, feel that their God and their religion needs defending? Do they feel so inadequate that they cannot let their religion or their God stand alone. They have to take it out on innocent people who, for the most part, don't give a shit about Islam anyway. I don't, I don't get it. I read the Quran in college 
during a uh, world religions class. I didn't see anything in the Quran that said Allah is weak, Islam is weak, you must defend Islam, you must defend Allah because Allah cannot take care of himself and Islam is such a weak and despicable religion that all Muslims must defend it against all odds and all comers. Never saw that in the book. <clears throat> the prophet uh, Muhammad um, who was born in 570 CE and died about 610 no wait, I'm sorry 632 CE he, he preached about Islam from 610 to 632 uh, and he fought jihad a number of times but even Muhammad prohibited the killing of women children and civilians well you know Guess fucking what, assholes? The three people you killed in the bombing were a child and two women, all three of them civilians. The people you maimed, hundreds of them, many of which were women and children and civilians. What the fuck is is Islam really really such a useless and weak religion that the the, the Muslims must take out their uselessness hide it, hide it, hide their uselessness by destroying others who have nothing whatsoever to do with anything to do with I'm repeating myself here, I know, but I'm just really pissed they have nothing whatsoever to do with attacks on Islam okay these guys were fucking cowardly pieces of shit and hold on please I have to get something so anyway these two chicken shit douchebags in order to show how powerful Islam is they cowardly leave behind bombs and destroy the lives of hundreds of people 
you know, if you want to fight jihad, go join fucking Al-Qaeda in Somalia or Mali or Afghanistan. And jihad with men who have guns to fight back. You don't go after women and children and civilians. How is that Islam? Islam preaches peace, for Christ's sake. I have nothing against Muslims or Islam as a religion. It's the splinter groups, the fanatics, those who are so useless to society as a whole, who feel they have to prove themselves men and mighty warriors by killing innocent people far, far away from where the actual war is being carried out. It's a sad, sad situation. These people are ignorant. They've been brainwashed. Somebody up along the line is convincing these ignorant jack-offs who apparently have no self-esteem and no confidence on their own that their religion is being attacked. And the only way to defend their religion is to cowardly attack people who have nothing whatsoever to do with what's going on with anything to do with the war which is not against Islam anyway ah Jesus I uh I apologize to my listeners, at least. There are just some things that should not be left unspoken. I'm not going to be able to change anything, change anyone's mind. And... These are only my opinions. But I rather believe that they are opinions shared by many of the silent majority out there who feel, as I do, that a few Again, ignorant, scum-sucking freaks who have no <clears throat> excuse me, knowledge 
of the world were brainwashed by petty, petty men who have nothing better to do than seek destruction. But what is the answer to this, this situation? Certainly hasn't gotten any better since 9-11. Somewhere there must be an answer, but uh, it is still still not found. So, anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, Islam itself is, you know, roughly 1,500 years old, okay, which is not, uh, you know, a terrible long time in the span of time that man has been on earth, but Christianity is just a little over 2,000 years old, and the, uh, the interesting thing is that, uh, Muslims consider prophets, some of their prophets, to be like Abraham, Noah, Moses, and Jesus as early prophets. Muhammad was simply the last prophet. So, there shouldn't be that much of a difference in the way Christians and Muslims look at religion. But for some reason, well, fuck. Muslims and Christians have been at each other's at each other's throats for you know a thousand years. But it's just a few, a scattered few who believe that bloodshed is a viable way to defend their religion. And it's not just Muslims. I mean, there are splinter fanatic groups of Christians who have bent ideas, to say the least, about how to Spouse their beliefs. Westboro Baptist Church of fanatics and freaks is merely one of them. Christ preached love. Muhammad preached love. Nowhere. In the Quran, does it tell you how to build bombs to maim and kill 
innocent people simply because you can. But that's apparently what some people believe to be their only option. Okay. Well, that was uh, that was crazy. That was sick. I don't want uh, anyone to think that I have disrespect or hatred toward Islam or Muslims in general. I'm not that fond of Christianity either. Christians have been killing people in the name of their religion for over 1500 years, so they've, they've got a little edge on the Muslims in that area. But, uh, you know, I think religion is bunk anyway. Uh, every single civilization in recorded history has had their own religion, their own gods, whether they be one or twenty or five hundred, it doesn't matter. They all believed in their own gods, their own religion, their own view of heaven. And they all began, the religions all began with gods coming from the sky and passing along information to the people, teaching, teach them architecture, mathematics, medicine, astronomy. So, the only thing they all have in common is they all came from the stars and they were all aliens. But uh, even Muhammad was raised into the sky by the hand of Allah, supposedly. Supposedly. So Christ was raised into the sky on a golden beam of light which came down from a spaceship. So, anyway, I don't know where the hell people get their fucked up ideas about religion. Uh, Christians have probably been among the worst. You know, started in this country with the Puritans who came over in 1620. And almost died the first year they were here. But it was not God who saved them. It was the Native American Indians who happened to see their plight, understand it, and help them survive that first winter by showing them how to grow crops they could actually eat, showed them how to hunt game that they had never seen before, taught them how to survive, basically. And, while it's not mentioned in the history books, 
by the time the next winter rolled around, well, actually, you know, the next Thanksgiving, the Puritans and their gentle benevolence had nearly wiped out the entire tribe of Indians who saved their fucking miserable lives the year before. Because they, you know, didn't believe or didn't like their pagan religions, didn't like the way they mated, you know, animal style, just didn't like them for saving their lives. You know, they couldn't even appreciate the fact that these heathen savages had saved them, kept their bloody asses alive, just so they could turn around and slaughter them during the next year. And then their Puritans' ancestors in 1692 decided to murder a bunch of people claimed they were witches or were practitioners of witchcraft because they did not believe in God anymore according to the leaders of the fanatical Puritan group. You know, the Puritans left England because they were uh, repressed, yes. They uh, left England so they could practice their own type of religion in the New World. And the reason they left England, really, was because even other Christians couldn't stand them because they were so strict and strident and fanatical about their beliefs. So they left England because no one wanted them around and they came to America so they could follow their own path, I guess, and kill as many heathens as possible kill anyone who had other religious beliefs and make a new world of fanatical Christians. Anyway, that worked out real well. That's probably still why uh, so many Americans have a dented view of sexuality because the Christians, the Puritan Christians rather, um, were so fucking jerk-offs. Anyway, so everywhere Christians have gone, they have tried to convert people to their own religion, and in the past, if they didn't want to convert from their paganism, you know, they just killed them. It became a question of 
you have two choices. You can either become Christian or you can die. Because there was no middle ground. Christians did not believe in middle ground, even though Christ taught love and did not feel that another person's beliefs should condemn them to death. But hey, you know, times change, people change. As soon as the uh, Christian church became powerful, all-powerful, pretty much, in Europe, everything changed. The uh, King of France, and I think it was 1312, 1310, rounded up all the Templars who, just a few years before that, had risked their lives for several crusades going to uh, Jerusalem, trying to keep the uh, infidel Muslims from taking over the place. Anyway, Templars became so powerful that they became a danger to the French king, so he rounded as many of them up as he could, tortured them, and killed as many as he could. They, uh, some of the Templars managed to escape, you know, with most of their treasure and disappeared into the world. But, hang on. Okay, sorry, lost my train of thought. <clears throat> so anyway, throughout history, you know, Christians have shown that, uh, Well, hell, they can't be trusted with peace either. Christians kill each other just as much as anybody else. Protestants and Catholics have uh, been fighting each other for hundreds of years. King, uh, King Henry VIII changed the entire country's religion to the Church of England just so he could get a divorce. But... Uh, Catholics and Protestants are still killing each other uh, around the world just because there's a slight difference in the way they believe in God and what God says. Um, which is, you know, pointless and stupid because God is not speaking to anyone. God, well, he's not speaking to anyone. Uh, during the Crusades, the, the priests would uh, stand on the shoreline and exalt the Crusaders going off to Jerusalem to kill the infidel and said, killing an infidel is not murder, it is God's will. Who the fuck said God wanted that had that to happen? I mean, Muslims and Christians were fighting over the same piece of ground, you know. Dome of the Rock, the rock where Muhammad was lifted to the sky, uh, where 
Jesus walked. You know, I mean, ah, whatever. Religion is bunk, and you can't talk about it to anyone without getting somebody pissed off. So I'm done with that for the minute, for the time being, anyway. Okay, new topic. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Now, some of you may recognize that as a really poor imitation of great character actor Strother Martin uh, talking to a group of prisoners in a movie with Paul Newman. Great classic old flick. I'll tell you the name of it in a minute. But, uh, when I, uh, when I got my my start in magazine work, it was uh, as a movie reviewer for a magazine called The World of Myth, and I went on to also do reviews for Herotica magazine. Some of you may have run across one of my uh, reviews. Regardless of that, uh, I enjoy doing that. I, I enjoy movies, like movies, and uh, not just the, the great movies, but I grew up in a time when um, great movies were not being made all the time, and in fact, um, many of the movies were hideously bad, and, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a, a rating scale for, you know, movies, you know, A movie is, um, absolutely amazing, the B movie is barely watchable, and the C movie is completely crap, um, especially in the 50s and in the 60s, too. Uh, they did a lot of the uh, B and C grade movies. Apparently, just because people could do it. Um, and while some of them are, some of these lower grade movies are incredibly bad, some of them are so bad that they're funny. And you don't just have to watch Ed Wood movies to, uh, to realize that uh, some people really tried so poorly to do movies that uh, they became cult classics. And what I would like to do, not so much this episode since I'm just about out of time anyway, but in upcoming episodes, I, I would like to uh, hit upon some of these peculiar movies and uh, give a review of them. And perhaps if there's something you haven't seen, you might want to take a, a look at. Uh, great. If not, then you can just uh, pick up some interesting information about uh, filmmaking. Not at its height, but at its low point. So, 
I think I would have a uh, good time doing that. I look forward to it. Um, some of the movies that uh, I uh, have already planned on reviewing are uh, Sardaz. That was a movie with Sean Connery and Charlotte Rampling. They were released in 1974. And it is an interesting yet extremely hard to understand movie uh, that needs to be watched two or three times if you can stand to do it uh, to try to figure out what's going on. Hopefully I will be able to explain some of that to you because I have seen it three or four or five times and uh, Sean Connery has always been one of my favorite actors and it, it's hard to find a bad Sean Connery movie and Zardoz may be that movie. Um, he made his last Bond movie, I think, in 71. His first one was in 1962, Dr. No. <clears throat> but uh, this was Zardoz, was a movie he made uh, in between doing good movies so that's, that's a fun movie to uh, to discuss we'll do that one uh, another movie that uh, is a is an odd favorite is barbed wire well not barbed barbed wire single wire barbed wire that was uh, with Pamela Anderson he Pamela Anderson Lee, actually, because she was married to Tommy Lee at the time, but anyway, we all know her as Pamela Anderson, who got her start on the uh, uh, Tool Time show, which was a show within the show of Home Improvement. I don't know. That was a that was a good show, and it was a funny show, and you know, uh, Pamela Anderson got her start there as the tool time girl if you guys remember that at all if not you can always go back and check I, I think she was only on it for one season and she was picked up immediately to do other other things bigger and better things but anyway uh, that uh, barbed wire I was a jeez uh, I was a kinky movie um I have the unrated version, and I, I haven't checked out the other version of the DVD, but I've heard that they cut out a large section of the opening credits scene where she is uh, wearing a long black rubber dress and is being sprayed with a fire hose. Um, in her club there and she's dancing well gyrating mostly while she's being sprayed with water and the more she moves around the more the zipper 
comes down on her dress until she has some really large areolas around her nipples and uh, they were quite visible and I believe that that section was cut out of uh, some of the DVDs uh, if anybody knows that for a fact let me know you know um, anyway um, the movie barbed wire is just a leather lovers dream movie she is dressed in exotic freaky attire just about throughout the whole movie and in her club uh, the, the, the people the patrons there are also decked out in extremely provocative and you know, S&M style clothing. The story itself is forgettable, but if you're into uh, boobs and leather and that type of thing, uh, you might just enjoy watching the movie with volume turned all the way down. Guys would pretty much like this movie, I have no doubt. Women, maybe not so much. But anyway, <clears throat> it's worth a review. Um, oh man, now, not all movies that I'm going to review are considered uh, bad or B or C grade. Lots of them are, but uh, I'd like to do a review of Blue Velvet which some of you may know, and those who don't, well, I guess you can make, you can make a decision after the review, but, uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember what I was going to say about that. So anyway, Blue Velvet, that's coming up. Uh, then we drop down into the really low C-class movies. Uh, there's one called The Undertaker and His Pals, which is a, a horror movie that is just so ridiculously bad that I laugh every time I watch it. Um, many of these really, really bad movies are so bad they're funny, and that's what makes them keepers, because uh, it's worth watching just to be amused by how bad it is. Um, again, you can uh, talk about Ed Wood. His movies are frequently so bad that they're humorous. But I think I've talked enough about Ed Wood. Everybody knows his movies. I'd like to cover some stuff that people may not have heard of and would like to check out. Uh, just on the off chance that it's worth watching. So anyway, in the next few episodes, we will be delving into some some good some good movies and some that are really, 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 really bad. But they're all entertaining in their own way, and hopefully, might be able to share some of that entertainment with you in a way that would make you 
pleased. Yeah, at any rate. Okay, it looks like I've run my mouth enough for this session. Um, hopefully, I'll be back uh, next next week, um, and hopefully, I will be able to talk to all of you again. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, for the time being, you know, watch yourselves out there. It's a dangerous damn world. Everybody be safe. Good night. Well, uh, kind of a interesting ending. Yeah, well, this is a down. Should have made it, that all, it, it all can't be sunshine and puppies and roses and bunny rabbits and rainbows. Yeah. But this is this is the reality of the world that we live in right now. Sadly, sadly. But now, said just try and get along, everybody. Can't we all just get along? Yes. Who said that? Bart Simpson, I think. Right. What? Can't we all just get along? Yeah. No. 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 Huh. I thought it was Bart. It was Rodney King. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> one's real, one's not. <laughs> Which one's real? One triggered the a race roar. That was Bart Simpson. No. 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 <laughs> oh. Telephone. Hey, it's a show with a phone. <laughs> it's Handy Brothers. I guess we better get that. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.